everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Mike Samuelson. I'm coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, a very dry, very hot Minneapolis, Minnesota. But every time, you know, I think about how hot and dry it is, I just think, thank God I don't live in Arizona. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> but uh, turn it over to a newly crowned NBA champion. Uh, some people call him the sixth man. Colin Smith, surprisingly wearing a shirt. Not for long, baby. Uh, I'd just like to shout out Jada Kiss for giving me the perfect song for, th- for this moment. The champ is here! I just smashed shit right here! The champ is here! This shit is crazy, crazy! The evil genius! The champ is here! The champ is here! So, I, it's, it's so, it's been so long that the city of Milwaukee has waited to uh, to bring home a championship since 1971, the last time uh, the city of Milwaukee almost brought home a championship was 1982 with the Brewers. So uh, both of those before my lifetime. Uh, so it feels so good to be a champion. I never thought it could feel this good. It's amazing. Uh, I know everyone in Milwaukee feels the same way, and the reason I know that is I was texting all of them uh, <laughs> until 3 a.m. the night that the Bucks won. Absolutely just solid texting and watching highlights from, you know, 11 maybe when they clinched all the way through. Um, I think I had spent about $300 on Bucks championship gear by the end of the night. I've since spent another couple Love hundred it. bucks. It's like it's, lud- it's ludicrous. It's to the point where, like, I just get excited by the fact that we won and I, 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 it starts, like, sinking in a little more. And my, like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm so un- not used to winning things that, like, I just go online and buy two more T-shirts. Like, so, I, I, mean, I have no use for these T-shirts. I already have too many T-shirts for my drawer, and I've ordered, I think, seven T-shirts now. Like, just it's just going to be gifts, like when Christmas people, gifts. When people come, oh yeah, exactly. When people come over, I'm just going to like hit them with a T-shirt cannon style like T-shirt in a rubber band when they come in the door. Just like, bow, bucks, champs, yeah, woo. <laughs> um. So I know you've won, you know, I also love how I'm just saying you, like, like you've been on the teams, but you've also won a, an, an NFL, a Super Bowl or two maybe in your lifetime. Yeah, two. Is this, how, do, how does this compare? Favorably, unfavorably, the same? Yeah, favorably, actually. Um, I, I probably care as much about the Packers as I do the Bucks, but the, the expectation is there for the Packers. Like, they're a playoff team. So, yeah. uh, and reliably so, at least. You know, since they've had good quarterbacks, which has been my entire lifetime, um, or damn near my entire lifetime. Uh, but the Bucks have never been serious title contenders until the last three years. So it's like yeah. thirty some years of like our peak being like, wow, we won a playoff series. That was pretty fucking sweet. And like I, I, I went to those games and I was like, I don't know, in high school or something, when we won a playoff series, and it was like rowdy to win a playoff series. That was amazing. And so that we actually did it and actually won the championship is like I already had in my head the like, Colin, it's okay that we didn't win this year. Giannis is locked up. Still going to be still good. We still won. Had a nice regular season. Like I already had that fallback mentality of we always fail. And then to like not is it's 
it's almost awkward. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> shit, we, we, want, we really I, did this. Now I got to spend $300 on gear. I, I don't awkward. know what to do with myself. I, I, it's, it is insane. I just, it's well, so different. It's beautiful, though. We're, very, we're proud of you. We're very happy for you. Shout out to George, who I think went to at least one game. Yeah. Shout out to Keevan, who was there yeah, for Keevan the clinching game. game. Six. Um, they're, they're the true heroes here. Yeah. Um, shout out to new fan, new Milwaukee Bucks fan, uh, Dan Schrader. Um, <laughs> Absolute bandwagon fan. He's been a fan it. about two weeks. Already has a championship. That's, that's huge for him. Yep. Um, but on the other side of the coin, we are thrilled to welcome uh, the Threads official L Tree correspondent, but also big Phoenix Suns fan, Pedro Gomez. Pedro, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes, I am a, I am, a, I'm a Altree correspondent. I'm also a heartbroken <laughs> Suns fan. It uh, typically I would be like, I'm surprised by how I'm responding to this because like, the Suns were up to O in the series, and then the Bucks just, they just went off and Giannis just became another person essentially he became a monster yeah yeah he became a monster (laughs) like it was insane i I think i saw him at the end of game two go up to devin booker and just put his hand on devin booker like the (laughs) monsters and just take his talents yeah it was like i i well i'm handling pretty well i am pretty grateful of the season the suns were terrible for a decade um Basically, like, ever since, like, I followed the team. Like, I remember when they went to the playoffs, like, in the 2000s. But I was, like, a little kid, so I didn't really care as much. Um, also, when you're little, you just think whatever is happening is going to continue happening. So you're like, yeah, oh, cool, yeah. we made the playoffs. We'll just always make the playoffs. Yeah. 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 And, like. We'll always have two-time MVPs at point guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Yeah, it was, like, being in the finals, like, like when the Suns got into the conference finals, I actually, like, cried <laughs> because I was just, like, <laughs> I did not expect this ever in my life. But now that they're here, it. I'm just, like, I was, like, living the moment. And, like, I, I was, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy for Giannis. Like, I, if it was, like, KD that won the finals, I'd be very angry. I would not <laughs> No. But yeah. Giannis is like Giannis, incredibly likable person. Yeah, definitely. Um just I I'm I'm happy for Milwaukee, honestly. Um the Suns fans, I'm not even gonna speak for them. I I no. I, I like the the Suns and Four people, the the people that like there's like a guy that was like showing his money in on TV like during one game. I was, <laughs> was just a like weird flex. Very yeah, weird flex. It, very weird flex. But it was just like it was kind of like expected. Like it's kind of like karma. I I I I I I'm you guys a big made yourselves the bad guys. Yes, yes. But I'm grateful. I I don't know how if this is going to ever happen again, so I'm just living the moment. Hey, that's that's beautiful, frankly. Uh, I feel like you're bringing a very different energy from our normal sports fandom on this podcast, yeah. which is very much <laughs> a very mature energy, and I don't like it. Empty. I do not like this maturity. 
I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. I I think you know maybe you'll change over time, but maybe maybe you're just better than us. And I yeah. well, I respect this is the Suns. This is the Suns. When it comes to Mexico, I'm different. All right, okay. we're gonna so find, let's let's get into that. But, well, before we get into it, give us your top three sports, like your favorite sports teams. Any any league? Oh, or like who do you care about the most? Like it sounds like El Tree is number one. Yes. Give us give us your top three in order. Okay, it's number one Mexico, number two the Suns, and number three. It's. It's very disgruntledly like Phoenix Rising, because <laughs> he I, says with a big Phoenix Rising's poster over yeah, his exactly. shoulder. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like I'm, I'm very like, yeah, I'm. I have my issues with the club. I still love it, um, but yeah, those are my top three, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it must be a pretty big drop off uh, from L Tree. To the Suns, if you're living in the moment with the Suns losing, uh, and you're like, I actually, would not feel that way ac- at all. Actually, it's kind of pretty fair. Like the big drop off is definitely okay. the Suns between Phoenix Rising. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you emailed us uh, in the middle of this week, and you asked to come on the show to talk about the Gold Cup, to talk about the Mexican national team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're thrilled to have you. So we've just got a bunch of Thank questions you. for you. This is going to be kind of the Pedro show uh, for a little <laughs> while. So strap okay. in. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, uh, Mexico last night, they just kind of smashed smashed Honduras after a little bit of a slow start in the Gold Cup. They kind of they drew against TNT. Yeah. They had, like, a, a slight win over El Salvador. They didn't look good. They lost Chucky. Uh, and then last night, just, like, boom, halftime. They're already up 3 nothing. So I want to know, you were at the game, right, last night? Yes. It was my first yeah. ever, like, competitive, non-friendly Mexico match I've okay. ever seen. Yeah. So, so how was the game? How was the crowd? Was it a full stadium? Were people, people getting pretty raucous? So um, the first game, I, went, I saw both games. It was the, the first game was the Qatar-El Salvador game, and then the second That's game was the... That's got to be pretty the, raucous. Those Qatari fans, very well known for yeah. Just debauchery. <laughs> yes. Qatari fans all just chartering jets. Yes. In and out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the second game was obviously the Mexico Honduras game. Um, I surprisingly, I thought the first game was going to be bad. Um, I missed the first half. I did see like the first couple minutes. Of the of the game where Qatar basically scored two goals in eight minutes, and I was like, "This game's over. I'm not gonna watch it." I was, I was waiting. Uh, we were driving, and the line to the stadium was like so long because everybody was like going there to tailgate, and um, but we got into the stadium around halftime, and then Qatar scored, and it seemed like the game was just over, but. Then there was just like this. It seemed like like Qatar's defense just like cracked out of nowhere, and then El Salvador scored another one. No, scored a goal, and then this beautiful like like um, this beautiful cross that basically like um, a, uh, a a Qatari defender got, but then like 
an El Salvadoran defend and like a Salvadoran like striker. He slid tackle him in the in the penalty. I was right in front of it, so it was like it was so in, it was crazy. And then like that guy, he passed it to another guy, and it just it got to and 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 then El Salvador scored. They got three two, and there's a lot of Salvadoran fans. So I, it, it was it was a pretty like energetic scene, and there was like. There was like a supporter section, but the supporter section was like in a, the highest section of the stadium. So it was like, it seemed like it was like a party before the party was actually happening. So, um, <laughs> like, and then Qatar, no, and then El Salvador scored another goal, but that goal was waved off, and it seemed like El Salvador was gonna like come back down three nothing and just make a scene, but Qatar like. They 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 seem much more. They 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 were still like pretty shaky, but they 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 scored pretty quickly so, in the game. So USA will be able to easily beat Qatar in the semifinals. That's that's what I'm hearing. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything yet. Yeah, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of faith in this USA team, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't even know if they're gonna. Are they playing tonight? They're playing tonight. They're playing okay. in 45 minutes. So okay. this is a, I don't even think a, they're going to win stop, that. Hard stop podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if they're going to win that. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Okay. Okay. But, um, so, so how was the how was the Mexico game? The Mexico game. Oh man, just, that was just so atmosphere. I just want to hear about atmosphere. Yeah. How much rowdier was the Mexico oh, game? Man. Once the atmosphere you said was, it was the so party much better before than... the party. How good was the party? The party. Um, Okay, so, um, leading up to the game, it was just uh, pretty like it seemed like there's people tailgating. I didn't I didn't go to the tailgate so because I wanted to see the actual like Qatar big game. mistake honestly big mistake. I went up to USA Mexico tailgate in Philly. It was the Mexican fans just top notch. This is from someone who from Wisconsin where we take tailgating uh-huh. extremely seriously. But Mexico fans, amazing tailgaters. Okay. All right. Hey, you live and learn. Pedro, Pedro's like 14, so. That's true. Not legal. <laughs> He's still get, gaining these, these life lessons. Okay. Um, incorrect age, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but when in the stadium, like, oh, my God. It was, a, it was pretty chaotic. The, like, the fans were awesome. But also like chaotic. It was a mixed bag because I thought they were gonna do the chant. I thought like it was just gonna be ruckus and like there was gonna be pausing in the game. But that didn't happen. It was I was it was ple- I was pleasantly surprised that like when there was like the first time they were gonna like do the kick. There was like there was people that were like waving the hands and gesturing to like to do the chant. Um, like another section of the stadium started doing like the regular Mexican wave and ca- counteracted mm. the the chant. And the next time they they uh, they were uh, like a hun- the Honduran goalkeeper was gonna kick. Um, they they started just doing the regular Mexico chant and like just the clapping, and that counteracted the 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 chant. So. I was pleasantly surprised on that front. Um, 
the, pro- the, the, the thing that was pretty chaotic about the game, or the fans, was there was a lot of fights. <laughs> there was a lot of, in, like... In the stadium? Like, between, uh, between Honduran fans and Mexican fans. Because oh, every damn. time Mexico scored... There was Mexican fans from the top section that would throw beer at Honduran fans in the lower sh- in the lower section, and there was like there was a fight right in front of me, that was just like it seemed like it was just gonna escalate, and I was like, oh boy, um, this 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 is getting real, but <laughs> I I got like soda on me. I I don't know. It didn't really smell like beer, but um, it was it was like the it was handled it never really escalated to like actual like fight but there was like in my section of the stadium there was like four that happened nearby so like wow it was pretty chaotic this is is not what i was expecting but i'm glad that it didn't uh didn't get too out of control yeah Uh, but i mean just overall like good atmosphere fun fun uh place to watch a game yeah yeah it was, it was pretty good. I I, I definitely is definitely worth the, uh, um, the ticket that I had to pay myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely would do this again. And PSA, like, cool. just just a PSA here for all the fans who are drinking beer when a goal is scored. Throw your beers up. Throwing the beer uh, up, uh, it's definitely. Uh, completely acceptable throw the beer on yourself yeah exactly then That's you're throwing it on yourself and your your fans around you who you are came with. who are yeah. uh you know of your same uh, supporting team you know yes. I, I love the the shots when they especially i feel like you see these in a place like the deer district but the outdoor viewing things um i mean you for sure seem uh in england viewing like a world cup or euros where they score and you see all the beers, like people just throwing beers straight up in the sky. Yep. Uh, that's very fun. But don't throw beers or, down at people. Or drink your beer. You just spent $12 on that thing. Yeah. You just yeah. Drink Probably it. more. You don't, have to, you don't have to throw it if you don't want to. <laughs> Definitely don't throw it on people from another team. That's not nice. Chug it real you fast and then throw the cup in the air. You don't support that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah don't throw it in the air if it's a can. That's a big, that's a big no-no. We mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Pedro, we mentioned 3-0 win. Looked like a, a pretty uh, nice little walk in the park. Who were you most impressed with last night from El Tree? Which players? I, I'd say. And and say why also. Hmm. I don't know because it seemed like they were pretty well rounded. Like defensively, well, they weren't really. Like, Honduras didn't really look like they were going to score at all. So, I would say defense, but they didn't really do much. So, um, man, I... So, it was just kind of like a, a solid team performance? Just nobody yeah, really solid standing team out. performance. Like, I okay. can say that um, our striker, Funes Mori, which is related to... Um, to the Funes Mori on Everton. Ramiro. Or yeah. 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 Um he did pretty well. Um I was surprised. I think Jonathan Dos Santos, he did alright. I, I I'm very critical of him. He did alright. Um but or Orbilin Pineda, he did alright as well. So 
I just named the okay. goal scorers, but <laughs> um, yeah, they, the so, the team was pretty solid all around. So you mentioned Funes Mori, uh, who's born in Argentina. Uh, he spent a good amount of his childhood in Texas, in the USA, uh, really? and then has only wow. recently been kind of naturalized and called up for Mexico. And I know there's a lot of controversy around that. I know like Luis Hernandez, like former striker for El Tri, he basically kind of said like he didn't want him called up and same with Tuco Ferretti. Um, did this like surprise you that there was kind of this sentiment to like not call up somebody who was not born in Mexico? And like, how do you feel about Funes Mori? Do you like him on the team? Would you rather have like Chicharito or someone else? Well, um, Chicharito, he's kind of like washed, I'd say. Um, Ooh, harsh. I, <laughs> a lot of Mexican fans say that, so I probably because you know he went to the MLS and <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we all know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what, Jonathan but, Santos. <clears throat> yeah, he's also man. The the Dos Santos brothers, the Dos Dos Santos. Yeah, they're they're no. Um, but Funes Mori, like he, I was kind of concerned that he was going to be, like, an empty stats guy um, because he scores a lot on Monterrey and Mexico. But he's, he's been pretty well. Like, I, I have no qual- I like, I have no problem with, like, um, naturalized players. I don't. There's, like, a bunch of, like, um, Argentinians, Brazilians, Americans that have played on the team so i'm i'm all i'm all in it if it makes mexico win i'm all in so um it's all about results yeah it's all about results and if i hear some boomer basically say oh this guy's (laughs) not mexican i i I don't care i don't care okay essentially (laughs) and and you thought he played all right last night so you you want to see him keep starting for mexico yeah, for now, um, because Raul, uh, Raul he's injured, so yeah. um, we don't really have any other option. But yeah, yeah, he's pretty, he's good to stay. Okay, so you know, Mexico on to the semis for the Gold Cup. Uh, like, what are your expectations for El Tri in the Gold Cup, and then what are your expectations for the team, like over the next eighteen months with qualifying, hopefully with the World Cup, like. How do you feel about this team? Like, just give us give us what you want to see. Well, um, for the Gold Cup, I expect them to win. <laughs> Anything less than that is a just, failure? Massive failure? A, a, absolute fire, brushing fire off Martino. the question of, like, what a dumb question. We're going <laughs> to Which is well, not an not a unfair response. Yeah, I mean, they're, they got to be massive favorites, right? Like, I don't know what the Vegas odds are right now, but you cannot make money on, on bidding on Mexico right now in the Gold Cup. Like, yeah, that's gotta you be. can't. You can't. And big, big you'll big. never will. So um, it's kind of like, I'm not going to sound conspiratorial, but they will go to the final. And whoever they play, that's where I'm like, they might blow it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's Mexico. So um, I expect them to be in the final. They could win it. They could blow it. Who knows? I expect them to win it, but surprise me. Conca calf. You know you always do. But um 
Um, expect them in qualifications. I feel like it's going to be okay. I'm not looking... I'm not... I don't feel too 100% because, like, obviously if there's games that are empty in this, that could, that could really, like, um, make... Mexico lay an egg against like a smaller country like if it was like I would definitely expect like um like just like an unexpected team to win in an empty Azteca like I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Jamaica were to take like a win but wow but um you think you think the fans are like that big of a influence of making it hard to play in Azteca? You guys already know. <laughs> you already know that. So, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor, but um, it's very intimidating. Like, the crowd at, at um, here, like, at the game yesterday was pretty intimidating. I would just imagine, like, Azteca with Mexicans and, like, Mexican fans from Mexico they're very different. They're very much. They're much more passionate than the fans that you would see than here you. in the U.S. Than you, yes, you're yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, they exclusively they, throw their beers down. No one throws their beers up. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Nobody nice. All beers. Nobody's nice. Yeah. And they throw more stuff, not just beer. Um, <laughs> well documented. Well documented. Yes, yes. Um, but you yeah, still think that, Mexico will, will qualify pretty easily. Yeah, they're not the United States. <laughs> well, okay, so. fair enough, fair enough. What and about if in they, the World Cup? In the World Cup, that's going to be another Renault 16 exit. Okay, so just the, the classic Mexico, second place, same you know, old, lose same old. to some European powerhouse. Yeah. See you again in four years. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cycle of pain. Do you think, I mean, how does Mexico break out of that? Is there any way, or are you just destined to perpetually, until, until the day you die, just see Mexico exit in the round of 16? Well, um, who knows? I, I'm like, I've always, like, I'm very bullish on certain prospects of the team. Like, Diego Lainez, I've been following him since, like, he's 17, 16. He's 30. And, like, he's, his development, like, has really, like, surprised me ever since I was, like, following him. But um, I'm, like, if he goes pretty good, because I feel like his ceiling is so high. Like, I saw him in the Olympics, like, a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, he was great in the, in the first game. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Sick. And I, I'm i just like, I can't wait for what he does. I hope he doesn't fizzle out because that just happens. Look at Gio. Sad. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but because you were taking shots at, at the U.S., like, Linez, I don't think he scored a goal in, in La Liga in three years, and... I don't know, man. I feel like yes. he's just—he's he's not a—he's a, not a player who you want to build your team around. That's all I'm saying. He's I definitely know. good. He made the U.S. look very silly in the Nations League final, but 
I don't know, man. He's only 21. I don't know if he's the he's answer. 21. Just turned 21. Already yeah. 21. Pedro's no, already, already been following him for at least at least four years. Yes. Um, but um, I'm very, like, concerned about who's going to be between the sticks, who's, like, just in that front, I'm very concerned about Mexico. So I'm just like... All right. I'm about to give you another reason to be concerned. You brought... Mexico has their A team, basically, at the Gold Cup, right? I mean, Linez... Okay, would be on it and maybe there's some yeah. guys who would like if the world cup was today kind of conversations like um maybe you'd, you'd call up guardado or i don't know maybe you'd call in chicharito i don't know if, if you were really like needed to, to win a big tournament today maybe this roster would be slightly different but yeah there's still four guys in the on the roster right now playing in mls a league that mexican national team fans love to hate and love to say his shit and you know whatever for for mm-hmm. you know yeah good not not bad reasons uh yeah. and there are uh four guys no three guys playing in big five leagues in europe meaning spain italy france germany uh england yes so that's just chucky tecatito and hector herrera no, because uh, I'm sorry, Ticotito is is in Por- at Porto, so it's Araujo. just yes. Chucky, Hector Herrera, and Nestor Araujo. So three yes. guys, less guys yes. in Europe, big European leagues than MLS. Yes. This is basically like your roster is Liga MX, and then it's MLS guys. Like that's your next biggest section. Like, mm-hmm. is this yep. the least talented roster? in recent memory of like Mexican national team in recent memory, do you really believe this untalented group of individuals can reach those lofty heights of Mexico going out in the first round of the world cup? Like they normally do. This is less talent than they <laughs> normally have. Mec- hey, Dr- um, dramatic pause. I, <laughs> Mexico always does it. They always, they always somehow get second place. I mean, I, I, and you kind of said you kind of said it last night or uh, about the game last night is like nobody really. St- I feel like that's true a lot of times when you watch Mexico play the U.S. and usually Mexico does look better than the U.S. and it's just kind of like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, that's true. Where it does feel like you can just kind of interchange guys and you know, Chucky went out and I don't know maybe they struggled a little bit, but you know then last night they just kind of turned it on in the most important game. So I don't know maybe there's something there of just the the power of El Tri to sustain with, you know, less talented players. Yeah. And maybe that the, it's more of a situation where the floor is always like the best players in Liga MX are like the worst players on the Mexican national team. And Liga MX is pretty damn good. So the worst players on the team are pretty damn good. So you're never that yeah. bad of a team. Yeah. 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 And I feel like, Colin, your stats were a little cherry-picking. Like, Tecatito, I mean, he plays in Porto. Technically not a big five league, but, like, he could definitely big, play at a... That's a good club. You know, he, yeah, he, he, plays he could, he could go to Brighton and Hove and start, no problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, Jimenez is on the roster right now because he's hurt, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's definitely talent in there, even if maybe they're not at the biggest clubs. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe a lot of these guys lack ambition. I don't know. That's another conversation oh, yeah. uh, for another yes. day. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Just yes. like Tecatito likes to be a, a big fish in a small Portuguese pond. Yeah, I. Um, I mean, I think that's yeah. more of like a, I mean, we can talk about that. That's like a more of a structural question about like league MX salaries and like uh, I don't want to say overpaying necessarily because it's like probably to those clubs' financial benefit. But uh, if you're 22, 23 years old and you play for Chivas, like, and you're a Mexican national team level player, you're gonna get more money playing for Chivas and them hoping to grow you and, like, you'd be a big name for them, then you are going to get going to um, Venezia, like, wherever, like, the, the Americans are going right now, like, really low-level big five clubs. Like, Jean-Luc Busio just went, and yeah. uh, who's the other guy that went? Tanner Tessman. Um, yeah. So, like, those, like, the Brighton and Hove Albions of the world, right? Exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. the shit clubs. Like, no, you just stay for Chivas, make, like more money you don't have to deal with all the cultural change of like go moving across the, or the across the world and maybe like not succeeding over there like just stay in your lane make more money you know you'll be a, a like a very successful professional soccer player yeah yeah that's definitely like, like pretty much makes sense for everybody involved the incentives aren't there to go to go for Mexicans where they are there for Americans is my point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the incentive would have to be like, you really bet on yourself, right? And you're like, you know what? I, it, I can go to whatever, Venezia or Werder, Werder Bremen, you know, and go there for a year or two and then I'm so good that, you know, then I'll get a move to, you know, Bayer Leverkusen or whatever, some big club. Uh, but, you know, it's you hard. Just, you just don't it's see hard, guys doing it. Do I, I think my, my point is you just don't see guys doing it. Like Raul Jimenez, like, he went to Atletico Madrid first, right? Like, guys like that, even if they end up finding their level as Wolves, which is not a bad level, like, no shame in that. I'm sure he makes more money there than he would in Liga MX. And certainly I think he's the most talented number nine right now for Mexico, injury notwithstanding. Yeah, sure. But, like, he didn't go to go to Wolves. He went to play for a Champions League club. And, like, that made him yeah. move from uh, America, which is where he was. So, I mean, I think that that's like an easy, in some ways, like an easier sell or something like that, or, or makes more sense than, yeah, like going to Burnley or some shit. Like, I think that's really hard for like a lot of people to stomach. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd say a lot of players fall into this this paradox. Like Alan Polido for Sporting Kansas City, like he was like expected to like go to to Europe and he just he kind of like disappointed a lot of Mexican fans um for just going to the US and just getting the designated player salary so um and a lot of other Mexican players that are now at Chivas so um is definitely like De, you know, like it's very de-incentivized to to just go to Europe and that's very much harming Mexico's potential essentially yeah yeah and that's why I'm I, like I'm like 2026 I don't know I and <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about how good US will be but very good um, probably win the World Cup I mean, Pedro, 
I know, you know, it would be a, it'd be a big loss for the podcast if you became a, a U.S. men's national team fan because we wouldn't get this kind of analysis, but we would, we would certainly welcome you with open arms. No, so, you got to follow know, the door, one time The door switch. is never closed. You got to follow one time switch with FIFA. Never. I'll <laughs> never. Nope. <laughs> Can't. All right. We'll talk again in a few years. You know, right now you're you're a glass half full kind of guy, but you know, once you become a glass half empty guy, old like jaded. us, yep. in in the mid thirties, uh, that, that pain <laughs> just becomes a, a little too much. It's a dark time. Um, well, it's been awesome uh, having you on the pod to to talk a little bit more about about Mexico. Um, any like parting parting thoughts? Parting thoughts. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, Mexico is going to win this Gold Cup just like he, they've won all the other ones it's going to be boring it's going to like the Gold Cup is practically meaningless we, we <laughs> all agree with that so um, I wish Copa America like this Copa America Centenario like that happens again that was great Yeah, that actually is like a test for Mexico and the U.S. and all of CONCACAF, but oh well, we'll never have that happen formally. Who knows? Yeah. It might happen again. Money. Money yeah. makes things. You'd think that there would be enough money to, to make that happen, but I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Well, Pedro, it's been, uh, it's been good to see you. It's been good to talk to you. And, uh, yeah. We'll have to get you on. Maybe maybe we'll get you on, you know, a few months into the World Cup qualifying to get some reactions, see if anything's changed. Uh, we can talk about how Linus still hasn't scored a goal in La Liga and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff like that. For sure. For sure. All right, Colin. When the cats are away, the mice will play. Absolutely. And the cats are Dan and mostly Ryan Palmer. And we are the mice. Decidedly the one, away. Decidedly away. Uh... And we're about, it's about to get silly. You're already not wearing a shirt. That's true. Uh, I'm physically wearing a shirt, but mentally, I haven't had a shirt on for a long time. Once I realized this pod was just going to be you and me. Uh, actually, before we get into silly season, uh, someone that we know, I'm not going to say who it is, but someone we know um, just got a tattoo of the, um, the tree on the Cascadia flag. Uh, go to Wikipedia if you don't know what it looks like. It's a tree. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I it's called like, the Doug this... Flag for some reason. I don't really understand oh, that. Oh, yeah. But... D- D- Doug, Doug Fur. Douglas Fur is the name of the tree. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, shout out to my brother who loves trees. Um, shout out to trees and who love trees. Trees are good, too. And this person, they got this tattoo in between Minnesota United beating Portland Timbers and the Seattle Sanders. And so I just want to shout out to this person. Uh, that maybe they should have got a Minnesota United tattoo instead. Just get a, uh, I mean, a Minnesota United tattoo? They got a tattoo of the region. You got to just get a tattoo of the Minnesota region. What would a tattoo sure. of Minnesota be? I mean, it would probably just be the outline of the state. That seems lame. Like... That's not what this tattoo is. It's not the outline of the Yeah, of but the, the Minnesota flag is very lame. It's just a stupid crest. Uh, I mean, you could get a tattoo of a loon. You could get a tattoo of a lake. You could get a tattoo... Of a, tattoo, a, a tattoo of a lake. I love that. You could get a tattoo of... <laughs> Sounds like a terrible tattoo. Uh, uh, an ice shanty. You could get a okay. tattoo of... It's probably... Okay, I, I think it's just... Um, it's a little... It's the tiny little ice fishing uh, fishing poles that are just like three inches. It's just uh, one of those. Up, and then a tip-up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's one of those. And then uh, it's just the little, maybe it's on your back and then, but the line just goes all the way down your back and then down your leg. <laughs> and there's a there's fish at the bottom, long. like in there's, the tramp stamp region. There's a, there's a fish on your foot. No, it goes all the way down your leg. Oh, wow. Love it. Love it. This is good stuff. All right. You know who you are, person. Maybe you're listening to this pod. Maybe We don't even know if Probably you're a not. listener. We don't even know if you're a listener or not. But anyway. Uh, all right. Let's get silly. Let's get silly. Uh, ooh, it's the sound of silliness. Uh, so the first thing on our list is actually kind of not silly. It's kind of anti-silly. Mm. But uh, you, you got to talk about it. Messi staying at Barcelona. Um, you know, it sounds like the contract is figured out. Barcelona has some accounting to do to make it work, to get the numbers to fit to, you know, mess around with La Liga's salary cap. But, Colin, are you happy about this? Are you extremely disappointed? We kind of lost out on some key silliness here. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about this this week on our email thread, I believe, that, like, one of the questions flying around was, like, who whose career would you take if you could live in all the cities that they lived in during their career? And we talked about how you, Michael Samuelson, would be a one-club man because you're a boring individual. And you would just stay in one place and you'd just be the king of that town. And uh, that's what Messi is, right? He's a boring individual. He wants to stay and be the king of Barcelona. He already is the king of Barcelona. He's the king of global football. He's the king of a lot. But he just wants to stay with what he knows. And I can't blame him for that. There is a, a definite romanticism to that that I feel strongly about. Like, I love and I'm, I'm with that. I believe in it. Um, I love that romantic side of sports. Uh, but do I wish he moved? Yeah. Just as a fan who doesn't really care that much about Barcelona, yeah, it would be more fun if he was playing in the Premier League next year. I wish he went to a ridiculous team. I wish he went to Newcastle United. Yeah, like, but that was never going to happen. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree, did not want to see Messi at City. That, to me, is just yeah, huge snooze fest. Like, that's, you know, that's Kevin Durant going PSG. to Golden State. That's you would have been the worst. PSG at least would have been interesting because, like, they're perennial losers in Europe. And it's like, okay, can Messi... I would have seen him play. We'd see him in Europe. It's not like we watch a ton of La Liga anyway, so... Uh, but I don't know. I I think in in an alternate universe... I don't know if you've ever watched the show Succession, Colin. No. But there is, a, there is a season of Messi at Barcelona that's just slipped in, just kind of totally, you know, off the cuff. And it's just about Messi's power play to basically bring in his guy as, as president of Barcelona so he can stick around. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy he's sticking around. It would be fun as hell for him to go to, you know, any club other than the five clubs that can actually afford to pay him. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, you got to take what you got to take. But all right. So now let's actually get silly. Sorry for the lack of silliness. But um, confirmed... Sancho. Like, we're just ramping up the silly mirror as I look at, at this running order. Yeah. It's just like the twisting the, the, the crank as it gets more yep. silly and more silly. Yep. Yep. Just wait till you get to the end. Oof. <laughs> Sancho Palmer, to United. Turn it off now. <laughs> yeah. Palm, if Palmer was listening, he is, he's not anymore. He's just, just disgusted. Wait till we get to talk about Spurs, Palmer. <laughs> uh, Sancho to United. You know, this has been dancing around for like at least a year now. Uh, 85 million is the reported price tag. You know, he's now one of their like seven wingers that they have kind of yeah. winger slash forwards. Perennial uh, replacements for Ronaldo. Yep. Is, is this a good move for anyone involved? Um, I mean, I think it is actually a good move for Jaden Sancho. Like, I think that Dortmund has proved with like 
over the last maybe like three years period, um, I'd say since Klopp left maybe period even, uh, that they don't have the ambition ambition to rival Bayern. And so Jane Sancho, Sancho has to go somewhere that has the amb- ambition to at least win domestic titles. Like, you know, whether he, whether he should have gone to United or Bayern or City or whatever, like, he needs to move on from Dortmund at this point, like all these guys do. Uh, I don't take a lot of joy in saying that. I, I wish that Dortmund was holding on to some of their, their young guys and, and trying to grow that, but it seems like they just want to sell them all. And, and that's too bad. I mean, you don't want to see them become like, you know, a perennial also ran or like feeder club in the, in the mode of like uh, big Eredivisie clubs or something like that. But that's what, the, what they are right now. And they're great at it, but it's, it's not that fun for a neutral. I, wa- I want them to be better. So it's in, in that one sense pretty depressing because like I think Jaden Sancho from a neutral's perspective has been like pretty likable. And then he goes to United and that's pretty much like, well, that's the end of me like really rooting for him. But yeah. uh, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bayern has just, uh, they just vacuum up any good player in the Bundesliga. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. If I were Sancho, I mean, there's not that many clubs that can afford to pay him, I'm sure, what he wants. So get that, get that cash, Jaden. But I also feel like, I don't know, United just feels... Yeah, not not where I would necessarily want to be, but you know that's why I'm on the podcast. That's this is where I want to be. I don't want to be at United. Um, all right, the next next club we're gonna deal with a trifecta here. PSG uh, signing a bunch of guys on freeze. We got Sergio Ramos in from Madrid. We got Donnarumma in from Milan, fresh off the Euro win. We got Wijnaldum in from Liverpool, uh, and then Colin, you gotta talk about Kaylor Navas just. Constantly being underappreciated, just getting fucked over. Got fucked over at Madrid after winning, what, three Champions League titles? Four Champions League titles? Now getting fucked over at PSG. Uh, as much as we can feel bad for a multi-millionaire pro athlete, you have to feel a little bad for Navas. Yeah, I mean, I, I also feel, feel like he's... I mean, I don't watch a ton of uh, Madrid or PSG week in, week out, but he is a guy who always seems to come up big in big games doesn't have a reputation for like uh you know doesn't give up soft goals yeah. yeah yeah or being like a a problem in the locker room or some like other thing where you're like oh there's a red flag on him so yeah, yeah. he looks good sometimes but there's this big red flag on him no he seems fant- like a great keeper yeah of course he's a little advanced in age now and everything and and Donnarumma's 22 and yeah that that makes sense but like Kaylor Navas like poor guy like he's He's been a world-class keeper for years, and he just, like, people keep trying to replace him. Like, that yeah. fucking sucks, man. No no respect. It, it, Absolutely no respect for Kaylor Navas. Best player in CONCACAF for, I don't know, eight years running. Yeah. This this does feel more like getting Donnarumma, though, than getting rid of Navas. Whereas at Madrid, they were like... They went out and got Courtois. They, they yeah. got Courtois, who was, like, a good keeper, but, I don't know, Donnarumma's, like, what, 22 and... You just feel like he he could be a top flight keeper for twenty years, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's for free, but anyway. What do you, what do you think about uh, these other guys, Ramos and Wijnaldum? Is this is this enough to like actually make PSG now a a European champion? Um, I mean, I I think Wijnaldum is a great piece. I think he's a versatile midfielder. 
uh, who has had success in Europe. Um, I think that's actually a really good signing. I think Sergio Ramos, not so much. Like, I'm always wary kind of of the, like, uh, I've spent my entire career in one place where I was kind of a dominant personality or we we played a certain way, and then now I'm going to late in my career, old dog, learn new tricks. Like, that's very much what this feels like for Sergio Ramos. Like, oh, you're going to go into this environment where, like, Neymar and Mbappe are kind of the guys, and you're just going to, like, not be this big personality. I feel like it's really throwing another, like an unnecessary uh, wrench into that um, for not that much uh, bone, like talent on the field because he's so old, right? And he's just, I mean, he's he's just straight up washed at this point, right? Like in, in, in the words of, of the Honorable Pedro, he's just, he is washed. There's Do you no think doubt Ramos about that. is washed? Yes, I think th- definitely he's washed. But like, that's fine. He's a center back. He can still have, like, um, Thiago Silva still had some utility at Chelsea, like, from a leadership perspective, and there's some clubs that you can be really slow and old against, and, and maybe your center backs, I think, at Chelsea were, like, kind of a bunch of guys who were error-prone, and it helps to have an old guy who's not error-prone. Like, there's still a place for you, even if you're not the player you used to be. Uh, I don't think that's the case at PSG. So, Oof. I, I think, I think strong, Ron is a, ter- that's a terrible... Strong disagree here. Terrible one. I feel like, I mean, you never know with old guys. He he did have a lot of injuries this last year. But, like, if we look back on, you know, Zlatan five years ago, we'd be like, oh, yeah, Wash, he just tore his ACL at 35. And uh turns out still very useful. And I feel like Ramos is the ultimate big game player. Uh Like, I think without him, Real Madrid wins maybe one Champions League. Uh And so I feel like, maybe his presence of just being a fucking winner can kind of push them over the edge and just kind of take these guys who are clearly very talented, but kind of choke in the moment. So, I mean, this is all a big asterisk. Like if he's not healthy, it doesn't really matter, but I feel like center backs can play a while. He is, I think, you know, still got, still got enough to contribute. And also it's a free, I'm sure they're paying him a ton of money in salary, but like, I don't know. I actually really like that move. Uh, and I'm kind of excited to see if he can be successful at another club that isn't Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, why not? If you're PSG, you can afford it. And the worst thing that happens is you pay him a bunch of money to sit on the bench. And then, you know, he leaves in two years with a little bit more money that he had going in. But I love it. And yeah, uh, it also- won't make me root for PSG, but I like I like the idea. Yeah. I, I, and uh, it's also like PSG was very disappointing last year. Uh, in the league as well, uh, not winning the league. So, like, they can't just sit pat and be like, okay, yeah, we're we're on the right track. They're clearly not. So they got to do something. Yeah. All right. Uh, keeping it silly. For some reason, you want to talk about Everton. This very much surprised me. I deliberately did not put Everton on here because all their moves are very uninspiring. Yep. But you put them on here, and so I'm just going to let you do your Everton thing. You know, I, there's one thing that I learned from this Bucks playoff run is that Giannis was always telling us not to get too high or too low when we win or lose. And that, that worked out for us. So I'm feeling really high right now, obviously off the Bucks win. So I'm just bringing myself back down a little bit with Everton. Uh, our moves have been completely uninspiring. We've gotten Andrus Townsend and Damari Gray, two wingers who are like, I don't know, I guess they're good enough to play in the premier league, but like we've had those guys. And then we moved on from them because they weren't really good enough to make an impact at Everton. Aaron Lennon, Theo Walcott, 
Like, we've had those guys. So we're just bringing in different names who are the same player. Like, I, I uh, fine, okay. I guess we need guys on the roster. And I mean, Colin, what do you say every time something bad happens to Everton? You say, Everton, aren't we? And this feels like the ultimate Everton, aren't Absolutely. we, move. So Everton, I, this, aren't we? Yeah. This feels like right up your alley. You exactly. should be loving this. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just, uh, of course, of course, this is who we're signing. Um, in one sense, it does, like, make me feel... I, one thing I've always said also is that, like, I like when managers of the teams I root for seem like they have a plan. Like, Greg Berhalter, I've said, like, okay, at least I can disagree with his plan sometimes, but it seems like he has a plan, and that's good. Yeah. And it's we have been short on wingers, and we've been playing guys out of position on the wing for like 18 months probably at Everton. And so then we signed a couple wingers. It's like, oh, yeah, because we didn't have guys who could play there. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. We don't have to play outside backs at wing anymore or, you know, whatever. Guys who are really a 10 on the wing. Okay, cool. Uh, are these the guys I was hoping for? No. But, like, okay, that's just me being, like, I don't know, having more ambition than the club I root for or, you know. They actually yeah. have to pay the bills, so yeah, we can't afford the guys I want. Okay, fine. Yeah. Like whatever. All right. So that's that's our Everton section. I mean, you put Richarlson. There was some rumors he might go to Real Madrid and and join his old boss Carlo, but I haven't heard anything about that. Seems like Madrid probably can't can't afford that right now. Yeah. So it seems like it might just. I don't know. This has been a funny, silly season with like tournaments happening, and it just kind of feels like there. It's been pretty not silly, frankly. Uh, like all these free moves, like I mean, I, you know, I love a player moving teams, but for free, that's just that's kind of kind of boring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a quiet one. I think it's gonna be a quiet one, but like deadline day might might get a little more interesting than normal because it is like weird with the pandemic and yeah. everybody's uh, finances are like very unclear right yeah, now. Yeah, everyone's slash, finances are unclear, or, or just in terrible shape. Yeah, or in terrible shape, but like. Still, some guys, some teams really need to move players. Like, yeah. we we didn't really talk about this at Barca, but like, they can't register Messi because of the salary cap. Okay, that means they need to move Griezmann. Like, so eventually they're gonna really need to move him. And like the last yeah. day, they're gonna be like, okay, the price was a hundred. Okay, now it's yeah. eighty. Now it's sixty. You call him in an hour, it's forty. Like, they really need to move yeah. him. So they they can't not register Messi, right? Like. So, and, like, and I what, think deals will get done. Happens, just go to the to the last minute. What I'm hoping happens is we see a bunch of swap deals, which I I love a swap deal because it's just double the silliness. And you know, if you're there's <laughs> the there's all these accounting accounting rules basically. That's like you know, if you sell a player, uh, you get all that money now. But if you buy a player, or maybe it's the other way around. Uh, if if you sell a player, you get all the money. But if you buy a player, you can basically like spread it out over the life of the contract. So there's basically a lot of incentive to like make certain kinds of deals, and there's a lot of incentives to make swap deals because you don't need the cash up front. So I'm I'm praying. There's there's a lot of rumors about Griezmann being swapped for uh, who is it? Saul from Barcelona or uh, from Atletico, uh, and yeah, I'm just you know. Lord willing, we just get 50 swap deals on the last day, and me and Colin have a rogue podcast at midnight I, on a Thursday. I have written the, the text to you 
about, hey, we should do a rogue podcast on, on uh, deadline day. And I have not sent it because I was trying to Coward. You know, be a good person and uh, <laughs> not do any more rogue podcasts. But you know, my, ho- my heart is evil. So, uh, yeah, sign me up for that. I, I mean, I respect you trying to be a good person, but also you just need to be who you are. That's um, not a good person. All right. Spurs, Palmer. This is the Palmer um, honorary Spurs section. T- Toby going to Saudi Arabia uh, and uh, Lamella looking like he's going to Sevilla. I mean, I don't know. Spurs is just getting rid of play- players, not buying players. Feels very Spursy. It's it's also, but I mean, it's, these are these are dead wood, right? Like uh, the other one that's rumored is Harry Winks to Everton, which you know is like again a player who Palmer is not that ex- excited about. Um, as he shouldn't be. Harry Winks is a bum. Yeah, I agree. Harry Winks is a bum. He's the new Tom Cleverly. Um, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, moving on from guys who aren't that good, uh, and then they'll sign some guys we've never heard of, who in turn will become the new guys who aren't that good, right? Yep. So like, yeah, I mean that's how it goes if you're Spurs or to a lesser extent Everton. But um, I think the one that is like. Uh, Lamella is kind of interesting because, yes, he's a player with like faults or limits, but I think he has done enough at Spurs, especially like had big moments and had like a, a style or something like, you know, some panache to yeah. be like a little bit of a cult hero in, in a way. Yeah. Like he, and he kind of like really seesawed in, in how much Spurs, like the expectations for him and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's, a that's one that Palmer will remember Eric Lamella. It feels like also like Toby leaving is kind of, uh, clearly one of the last pieces of like the Poch era and like a guy who was so instrumental for, so instrumental for Spurs for such a long time. And, uh, it, it does kind of feel like, you know, they'd already lost a bunch of, bunch of key guys from that, those squads. And he just feels like one of the last guys, uh, who's now on the way out and yeah, seems like, I mean, we'll just get into it since we're talking Spurs, like Kane rumored to not want to resign, wants to go to a city for, you know, 160 million or some kind of crazy pre COVID number. Um, <laughs> do you think that's going to happen? Do you think Kane will leave? Yeah, I actually, this is a crazy thing to say. And like, I want to not like, I'm going to say it, but like, it's also the thing where you say it and then you don't believe what you're saying is like, I think that, Kane and also Grealish going to City, both are, you know, triple digit numbers, uh, that neither of them will happen. And the reason that they won't happen is FFP, financial fair play. And and because City has been like in trouble with that before and appealed and like almost didn't, wasn't in the Champions League and uh, all that, like I feel like they've had their strikes and it's going to be really a lot harder to like cook the books with COVID, like because the income is is like basically zero. So yeah. you know, how can you inflate that or whatever? Like, I just think that it's just. I'm not saying Kane is never going to leave Spurs or he's going to sign a new long term deal or whatever, but like I just think now is not the time for a lot of these guys who think they're going to move for for triple digits, and the yeah. agents will say to them like, look. Your value now is X, but once we get a year where these clubs are making money again, 
next summer your value is if you just have a normal yeah. year, you, if you're Kane, which like Kane just does this every year, your ga- your number is is actually bigger. Like normally it would go down a little bit because you'd be older, but it's it's going to be bigger because the economy is going to be back. So uh, I and then you're getting a cut of that and blah blah blah. It's all everyone wins in that scenario. Well, everyone, but like it, the player and the agent win more money, and that's what they care about, right? So I think they'll stay. Everyone will stay for a year, basically. If if you're, I, I assume Kane only has a year left on his deal. That might be totally wrong, but we're for the purposes of this question, we're going to assume that's true. If you're Spurs, do you try and pull like a messy Barcelona and you know just keep him for a year and hope that in a year he decides he wants to resign, or do you cash in for whatever that amount might be? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the amount is going to be that great. First of all, like I don't think it's going to be 160. I don't think you. I think that's a fake number. Um, so I think the amount that they would get would be like really disappointing. Um, like say it's less than Jaden Sancho. It's less than 85 million. Right. Cause he's an older guy and, uh, yeah, but much, much more proven, much more proven, but like he'll be, he'll be moving later in the transfer window. Right. Pla- places have already spent. Um, and I just think the market for him, which won't be as, th- won't be as much there. And so, uh, Basically, I think the reason he won't go then, I think they will hold on to him and hope he resigns, and that he won't go because it'll be like basically embarrassing to do that deal. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, well, like, how much do we really need the money if we're selling our best player, like, club legend? You know, you couldn't, ima- you couldn't build a better player for Spurs than Harry Kane, right? right? The whole, he's one of us. And he works his ass off, and he leads the league in goals and assists, and we sell him. Like, you're just just shooting yourself in the foot so hard with all of your yeah. fans. Um, unless you're getting a world record Neymar 250, right? right so, right. and I, they're not. You, there's no way they get something crazy. So, I mean, would you sell him for 160, though? That's like. Yeah, 160 is pretty good. That's, that's a lot of change. I mean,. It depends who you go get. You have to have a plan to go get. You can't go get Andy Carroll, right? right. Like <laughs> the uh, Torres move. Like if you've got a really good plan and you can go reinvest it. I mean, they did all right with the bail uh, when yeah. they did that. So I think you, I think you can. Um, and I, I'd have to think about more who they who they're going to go get. But uh, yeah, one sixty you could get a lot for one sixty these days. All right, there you go. That's what Colin, the accountant, says. Um, other Aston other Villa, silly. Jack Grealish to Aston Villa for a hundred million. Absolutely, if you're Aston Villa, fucking for hundred, definitely do that. Because for Aston Villa, a hundred is so much more. Like that's their entire yeah. roster. Like, yeah. they should definitely is, do that. He's leaving. It is interesting though that both of these guys are like basically playing the exact same role. I mean, they're not the same kind of player, but they're both. The, the hometown kid, the like he's one of us, kind of the perfect person to market. Every fan loves the player because of that history. And then it's just Super Club City coming in, ripping them away with their millions. I mean, it is it is very modern football for you. Yeah. Um, Varane, rumored to be going to United for $50 million. Um, That's I feel a great like this, signing. I feel like... It's not going to happen. I don't know why. To me, this one just doesn't doesn't have a certain je ne sais quoi, as uh, <laughs> as Raphael would say. But uh, 
It you, think, you think it's a good signing? I think this is kind of like the Ramos signing that you mentioned before of like, obviously clearly very talented player, but I don't know. I've never been super impressed with, with Varane when I've seen him. Really? I mean, I think, he, well, first of all, he's like seven or eight years younger than Sergio. Like, so there's Oh that. yeah, for sure. But even I, I get your point that he's like only been at Madrid. Um, but, uh, I think the, so yes, he, he's seven or eight years younger, but it's also like, uh, it's so to me that 50 million do- number seems like, God, like, I don't know, however many years ago we were like John stones and like these center backs that were going to man city were like all going for 50 million. We were selling defenders for 50 million. And they were like guys you'd never heard of. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Laporte and I don't know who else, Mangala maybe, or like these guys who all went to City were like 50, 50 million, 50 million, 50 million. And Varan is like a very established dude. Like he's not some guy who just played a little bit for Bilbao or right, Everton right. or whatever, like and is 22. He's like, yeah, World Cup winning. World Cup winner, multi-Champions yeah. League winner. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he's probably in the top five center backs on everyone's list kind of guy. Yeah. Um, prime of his career. And only $50 million, it just seems really low to me. I don't know. Um, so that's that's the reason why I think it won't get done, is like it already feels like a super discounted number. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like Madrid will just hang on to him. Yeah, unless unless Madrid's financials are actually that bad that they're like, shit, we really need that fifty million, even if we think this guy's worth seventy five million or whatever. Yeah, we need to cover payroll kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, that could also be another great wrinkle. You kind of alluded to it earlier of of this silly season of teams at the end being like, crap, we've been holding out and we thought someone would come in and and meet our offer. And now it's like we're selling Varane for ten million because we just have to sell him. Yeah, and, I, mean, uh, I feel like that's going to happen. I mean, it might not happen at the level of Real Madrid needing to do that, but it's going to yeah. happen at the level of like, I don't know, whoever Real Sociedad needing to do that. And yeah. so maybe is, we don't notice it as much, and it'll be a little bit more like sad in a way. Yeah, I was going to say that's it's like fun if you know Real Madrid or. City or whoever have to like sell guys on the cheap. It's it feels very sad if you know small to medium sized teams have to sell their players and then you know all of a sudden Barcelona has you know five x Real Sociedad guys on their books because they could afford it and and they just need to fill out their roster. Shambles, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, I think Um, that's more realistic, but yeah, Pogba. I feel like has been kind of rumored to PSG for a while. Uh, I did see that there was like a, a banner that their fans hung at a preseason game that was basically like Pogba, don't come here, which um, <laughs> I I love. I love that. Uh, I don't know. Do you think this one's going to happen? This one also doesn't really pass the smell test for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It, the I would love a Pogba swap deal. I feel like he's ripe for a swap deal in some ways because – uh, just any any swap deal, or is there one that you're eyeing? Oh, not spe- yeah, not specific. Nothing specific, uh, but just because he's like a big name who's attractive, but like I don't know, like yeah, probably the the number on him is too high right now in the yeah. COVID situation. 
But like little, you, little Pogba McKenny swap deal, send him back to Juve. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like I feel like you could like people could talk themselves into oh, but we're getting Pogba like there's all these other, you know, incentives or whatever. But on the other side, man menu seems like they're ready to get rid of him. Like he, yeah. he just has never fit there for whatever yeah. reason. It's just not working out. It didn't work out, and then he left, and he came back. didn't work out. Okay, he's going to go, like, yeah. whether it's now or later, and it's never going to work for him at Man U. So, like, I mean, I just feel like the swap deal is the way to get him out the door. Because, I mean, on the basis of talent, as that goal in the Euros proved, like, he's super club-level player, right? So. Yeah. I would and love. I mean, he, he just he shows he, he it at like United next, uh, in flashes, but yeah. he's never been able to put it together in like a consistent way to really like lead the. You know, obviously they haven't really won a lot since he's been there. So yeah, I mean, I but just I, he'll, he'll I just feel like it like, feels oh, like fuck, that. This guy's incredible. McTarian, McTarian, uh, Alexis Sanchez swap deal with Arsenal and United. Where there's like just like they're both damaged goods, but yeah. like you could talk yourself into the other team's damaged goods more than the ones yep. that you already understood. And like they, n- neither of them really work out for the, after the end of the swap, they're both just like, well, yeah, that guy's not that good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know who the other one on the other side is, but like Pogba and Di Maria comes back to United or like whatever. I don't oh know. Oh my God. Like something amazing, but like, yeah, some damaged goods, but obviously with the talent, just move them on. Yeah. Uh, the last one on our list we kind of already talked about, which was potential uh, Saul Griezmann swap. Or there's also rumors that Saul might go to United. Or I can't remember if he's also rumored in a swap deal with United. But I think he's like one of those guys who Atleti, uh, Atleti really want to get off their books for like contract reasons. Uh, I don't know. Seems like a good player, but also not someone who I've watched a ton. So who knows? Um. I don't know. Any other rumors that you've heard or would want to see? Um, so I would just like to say uh, it's not a rumor because it's confirmed. But uh, the Barcelona aspect of this, of like Barcelona needing to move on from Griezmann for basically messy reasons. Yeah. Um, it got me thinking about other guys they've moved on from, the, which there's a lot. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's like pretty, you know, as you'd expect from Barcelona, it's like pretty impressive. Uh, but one guy in particular is Junior Firpo, uh, who just goes basically by Junior. Um, but he is, there's two reasons you should care about him. One, he's a CONCACAF guy. He's a left back. He's 24 years old. Uh, but he's from Dominican Republic. So, you, you know, you might see him around CONCACAF. Uh, but now he's going to play for Leeds. So that's like a, a beautiful little situation. Oh, yeah, where he's coming to the Premier League and uh, we'll definitely be talking about him um, as like, a, oh, yeah, former Barcelona guy. Um, a little bit pushed out of there, like, um, I would say like, I don't know, uh, out of their pecking order, so to speak, by uh, Sergio Dest. So, yeah. Another CONCACAF guy. Yeah, Sergio Dest preferred. And then... Uh, there you go. He goes to Leeds. Yeah. I mean, f- since we're chatting about Griezmann, he's got to be, for me, one of the worst signings. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I feel like Barcelona's had, 
over the last few years, just so many swings and misses with Coutinho, Coutinho with Dembele. But Griezmann, for me, really takes the cake. Uh, I can't remember what he moved for, but it was like, you know, $120 million. And then basically when they bought him, they had to sell Suarez, I think, the next year due to salary reasons. Um, and then Suarez goes to Atleti where Griezmann used to be and wins the title. Uh, and I think may have been top scorer. If not top scorer, he was, he was thereabouts. Um, and Griezmann, meanwhile, has just been like very mediocre uh, at Barcelona. Just, uh, just absolute shambles. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, there's nothing I can say to like argue about that and, like, and try to defend him. He is a player who, like, I in some way, like, like. Like, I like watching him play. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's... He's very stylish. Yeah, and, like... And and even playing for Barcelona, like, when you watch him, he, it doesn't seem like, oh, he's kind of, like, off the pace or, like, I can... Like, he's broken. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't fit in here whatever like you can be like we, they need to move on from him no he seems like oh he should he should we should he can play here he's of this level but like the production for whatever reason isn't there and so yeah i mean they yeah suarez is better suarez is a better fit they fucked up like it's too bad but they fucked up yeah yeah um i don't know anything else any other transfers uh, another free we didn't mention Memphis Depay uh, from Lyon to into Barca. Oh, yeah. Sergio Aguero again into Barca on a free. Uh, yeah. Eric Garcia into Barca on a free. Um, yeah, I mean they're all free. You're you're right about that. So again, that's kind of disappointing, but you know you guys are new teams. None of them superstars. I think this is going to be a quiet one. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. You know, we just need a little bit of a little bit of time, a little bit of money, and we could still have ourselves a nice little silly season. But this doesn't feel like it's going to be a blockbuster. What we really need is like a big, a big, big move to to really kick things off. Like maybe Sancho going to, to Man United. Maybe now Dortmund will buy a bunch of players and then those clubs that they buy from will buy and maybe, maybe we'll get a little chain effect, but yeah, it just doesn't have, doesn't have that magical feeling. Yeah. We'll see if we have to rug pot or not. Yeah. Well, this was, this was fun. Love a little bit of silliness. Uh, time stamping this USA zero zero against Jamaica 25th minute. We have not looked very good. I'll just say that. I've not looked <laughs> nearly as good as Colin without his shirt on. Uh, in all of his Milwaukee Brewer or, uh, Brewer Bucks gloriousness. Uh, so, Colin, congrats again. Thank you. I accept your congratulations as if I were a member of the team. You are in my eyes. You were you're the backup backup to Keevan. If he couldn't have been there in the stadium, <laughs> I know you would have been on the first plane out. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Pedro. Thanks, Steph.
Bye, 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 bye.